We're dismissed. No, please. thinking about some stuff and and <clears throat> I, I talked to with the youth a lot and, and we talked about different things that make them scared to do certain things what fears them you know you're amazed what each kid has a different fear in life my oldest daughter her biggest fear is spiders it, just a little spider a big spider we found a jumping spider and she jumped out of the car it doesn't matter she's terrified spiders so yeah I have fun with that one I get fake spiders, and I put them in different places, and I scare her with them. Different things like, oh, I love it. I can't help it. But my youngest one has different fears. Her fears range from the cat getting out of the house, terrified the cat's going to get loose. I mean, it's just like the biggest fear in her life. Shut the door. Shut the door. Cat's going to get out. We had people over at the house the other day, and the whole time she was just shaking. Thanks so much the cat's going to get out. She, she actually went and put it up. Because of the fact that uh, she couldn't worry about the cat getting. Now I'm sorry, you guys. I got a guy working today, and he's blowing my phone up. But we all have different fears. We have different fears for situations. When we get up in the morning, go to work. We have different fears in our lives. My biggest fear in life, which I had, it's, it's hard. It's, you know, as dads, oh, dads fear nothing. Oh, I have a biggest fear in my life: losing my family all in one day. That's my biggest fear. I can't, I hate it when my wife goes on trips with the kids without me. Because that's like that fear kicks in, like, man, you can't control what someone else drives. We went to Florida, we got hit by a drunk driver. You can't control who else is driving out there. So that's part of my biggest fear. But we were talking with the youth a few weeks ago about fear. It's been a while back, we talked about fear with them. And what makes them so scared to stand up for Jesus? What makes them scared to open their hearts and minds to other kids about Jesus? We're back here in that room, whatever size room that is. It's easy. It's easy to talk about Jesus. There's no fear in that whatsoever. When you're with the group of people that you know and respect, fear is not that hard. But when you're not with a certain group of people, when you're out there on your own, the fear of a teenager and the fear of adults are all still there. One year, me, my, my family, and my brother-in-law's family went to Magic Springs. Clayton was like, come on, man, let's get on this ride. It's called Superman, I think it was called. Or brain drain, or something like that. Brain drain, that's what it was. Brain drain went really high up in the sky. I'm talking about, you could see the whole entire park. Way up there. Well, Clayton got on there with me, and they had a, they got us, like, what's a pushing that thing? And the look in Clayton's eyes was terrifying. We haven't got the ground yet. Clayton said, I don't know if I can do it. I said, you better do it. You got me on here. You're riding too. I said, you better suck it up. So they got pushing us. They were they were, push, I don't, they were pushing on our stomachs. They were pushing us, pushing. They finally got us locked in. I looked at Clayton. Clayton looked at me. I thought, bro, I'm going to throw up before we even start. He said, I said, I'm scared. He said, hold my hand. So, this hey, this is true story. I'm telling y'all the truth. I reach out and I hold his hand. We're holding hands, praying that these things don't open up when we're up there. Because the, the drop ain't what I'm worried about. I'm worried about the instant fall. So, we get up there. I'm holding hands. We go, everybody's just looking at us like, mmm, we got over here. Staring at us hard. I, was, I didn't care what people thought. I was squeezing. <laughs> he was like, we can do this. It shot off. Ah! I screamed so loud. Clayton just looks at me like, are you okay? 
He didn't say a word. He didn't scream. He didn't shout. He laughed so hard from top to bottom. Because we got up there, I was like, hey, man, I'm good. I'm good. We got up there. We kept going higher and higher. And the fear factor was getting real with me because I was looking at it. You could see everything. Oh, man, it's pretty. <laughs> it's like drop. I don't know how many feet it is, but it's high. I screamed so loud. We got to the bottom. Said, <laughs> Boy, you sound like a girl. Everybody was staring like, who was that that was screaming? Clay said, it was him. It was him. He was telling everybody that it was that guy. He was the one yelling and screaming. Everybody was looking at me like, dude, you okay? I was like, man, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to go get no. Mm-mm. That was scary for me because I was thinking, you know, first thing, they had to shove us in there. That was the start part of it. Then when we got up there, we had a, the sudden drop. Was, it was kind of scary. But the fear, the enemy can, dis- can discourage you. The f- t- fear can come with the enemy, discourage you, tempt you, cause you to stumble, even, t- even treat you to the point where you're scared of even your surroundings. It can take your health. It can help, help you problems, encouraging yourself to ne- take the next step in life. You know, fear has stopped a lot of you. You know, when I was first, when I first thought I wouldn't come minister, I was across the street. Well, that was the second place. First time I did it, I, I was scared. I was thinking... Lord, you can't use me. I'm just an old country boy. You can't use me. I'm not worried about using me. That was the fear of it. The fear. But you know, it's 365 days a year. God says he, you could fear it all, but he can't touch you as long as you got Christ. And I get thinking more of that in my life and the fears that I accomplish and the different things that I think about where fear has stumbled or make you stumble in situations. People don't realize that fear can overtake you to a point where you ain't leave your house. COVID. When COVID hit, people were so terrified to do anything. People cough now. I get, man, I'm walking in Walmart, daughter. <clears throat> I'm like leaving my daughter behind. Like, don't look at me. That's her. You know, that's like people are just staring at you now. You can't cough. You cough in public, people are running. They're so scared. If, if you do anything like it, they're so scared. My Bible verse, go ahead and pull it up, buddy. So, so not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your good, I'm God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will uphold you with all my righteousness and strength, right hand. That comes from Isaiah 41.10. You know, we, we look at different things in our life, and we try to, we try to find ways to, like, you know, I can, I can overcome this if I just, if I just put, my, put my strength here, or I can overcome this, put my strength there. I remember when I first went to work, where I work at. I don't know if Clayton had this problem or not. But when I first went to work there, well, they made us, well, no, Clayton didn't do this. He didn't, they, when he left, they, they didn't emphasize this as strongly. They make a strap-on now. Strap-on is a harness you got to put around you. You go over the telephone, over the main wire, under the main wire, hook your harness, and you got to lean back. Well, here I am. I'm the leader of these guys, and i got to demonstrate. I have to do it right. I don't, Clayton, be honest, we don't use that stuff. We climb up there, we hang one leg off the ladder, wrap around it, and we do what we need to do, we're done. But to do it right, you have to lead by example. So the first time I strapped on, I'm fun. We was in Halton. Y'all, Halton's telephone poles are the highest telephone poles in Bossier Parish. They are. The, the lines, electrical lines are the tallest. The, all the lines are higher in Halton. Why? I have no idea. Clay can testify this. I have no idea why, but they're so much higher than Bossier lines in Halton. I don't know why. So I'm up there. And you know, I felt enough. I know it's uh, right there by the, uh, they call it the zoo. That is the highest pole I've ever been on. I get up there and I thought, man, I got to do this right. But I thought, and I got to lean back and show these guys that you can't fear your equipment. 
I thought, Lord, if I fall today, because the only thing I think in my mind, because semis are going by. If I fall, I'm going to catch one of those semis. I ain't got to worry about hitting the ground. I ain't going to hit the ground. I'm going to get hit in midair. So I got to think, I got to do this. So I strap on, I climb up there, and I, I get up there, and I, I harness stone, and I go, here we go. I lean back, and whoo, it catches me. The most comfortable I've ever been in my life, though. Once that harness caught me, man, it was so, I was like, why have I not been using this? I can lean back. I can, I can just swing, grab this, grab that. I was like, I like this. And they saw me. I had my hard hat. I was all like he's supposed to have on. I ain't done it since then, but I still did it that day. You know, I was thinking, this, I, I showed the example. Now they have to follow the example. But that was a fear for me. When I first, when I first decided to work in ministry and I... It was a fear factor for me. And the reason I'm sharing this job because we have so much fears in our life that I think it stops me people in our church. We have openings in our church for positions for people who can do. We need help in classes. We need help all over the church, don't we, Sir Daphne? We're, our resources are limited. We have some people who are like, well, I, I want to help, but then that, there's, that, there's a fear of being accepted. There's a fear of, you know, like, if, can I do this right? I've, I experienced that fear when I was growing up. When I first got into ministry, I was told I had to quit my job and get the internet. I thought, well, I ain't ministering for me then. Ain't quitting my job. Well, then later on, I did this thing. I walked down the aisle and did a same thing and knew I had to be in ministry, and it was across the street here. And people know my, most people know my story. But it was a fear from then on. It was like, when you get up there and you're over at church, it's, it's a fear of, man, you got to make everybody happy. Everybody's, I learned, no, you don't do that. <laughs> You ain't got to worry about that. That was, that was a fear when I first started the ministry. I was fearing that, you know, you had to make everybody happy. Everybody had to be on the same page. Everybody had to, you had to make this person happy, make this person happy. And that was a fear for me. Because all it takes is one person to go, well, the preacher didn't even shake my hand. Yeah, I know it. I'm telling you. The preacher didn't say hi to me today. Oh, I ain't going back. <laughs> well. I used to have a theory for those kind, but I, I quit. I quit. I'm a nicer guy now. But, uh, you know, it, it used to aggravate me. I get home, and, and I got all these gray hairs, and I got thinking to myself, man, you, you can't win everything. But that was a fear for me. I'm trying to make everybody happy. In the youth department, each one of these kids have a different fear. I could tell you every one of my kids' fears, every youth I have, every last one of them, every last one of them. I have one kid who talks 99% of the time. But you put that kid in front of a, front of a bunch of kids, she freezes, completely freezes, turns red as a cherry and freezes. Blew my mind. I never would have experienced that. I never thought that kid had a fear of speaking in public. Never would have thought it because she could talk to everybody. I've seen her walk up to people. Hey, what's your name? I like your dress. Out of the blue. But had a fear of talking to her peers, her own age. But at school, she could talk to people. But you put her, in this, put her in front of a table, a stool, and just have her speak, she freezes. That's a fear. So we had overcome that fear, and we have came a long way with that fear. But that's a fear that can hinder you from sharing the gospel with somebody. That's a fear that you can have that would cause you to stumble. You know, acceptance is, a, is another one that people they acceptably fear. They go to a new job, and, they, and they're afraid that oh, people are not going to like me. I can't, I can't do this job. It's a, it's a fear factor there. Going to new schools, new grades. We got some first year in high school this year. You know, they were terrified. Like, what to expect? You, you don't know what to expect. 
you know, then that's why I told the other you, y'all got to step up. And the ones that are already there, if you see them, reach your hand to them. Tell them, hey, we got this. Come on. Encourage them. So I want to encourage our church. I know a lot of, a lot of people get scared about different things. They get thinking, well, I just I don't know if I could do this. Well, when I was asked to do the youth department, first answer was no. I didn't want it. I told Brother Garth, no, don't want it. Don't care about it, don't want it. All right, brother. A few months later, he cautioned me again. Hey, brother, you want, nope. <laughs> no way. Well, then the guy that was over it left. They asked me again. I thought, okay, I'll do it on one condition. I need help. You know what the saddest part of that is, though? I'm going to speak on my own behalf. I had help. You know, I love Brother Jared to death. Awesome guy. I had help all along with my wife, and I overlooked her. I'm not afraid to say that because it was wrong. And I got thinking, I was like, I overlooked my, like, I'm asking, like, well, I need help. But I had help. I had my wife there. And for some reason, I just, I didn't see that it was, I don't know if it was the, the fear of wanting to do, like, I don't know. I just, I, I missed, I didn't see that there. But now she's a part of it. And, but they told me, they said, you got to find someone who's not doing something. You know how hard it is that in a church this size? That's hard. Now that fear of, like, man, why, why do this? Well, then there's not that many youth here. They can find somebody else to do this. And I'm sharing this, y'all, because we need help in our church. We need people to stand up. We need the fear to go away. We have open positions in this church that we can help, need some help with. You know, Sunday mornings are great, but this is the core of the church. Minus the people that normally come. We got a few that normally comes on Sunday nights with us, but they're not here or not. But this is the core. This is our church. This is our people who, who if we call someone, they're there. I've called Burr Morgan, whoo, probably, I don't know, sometimes three times a week, especially when I blow something up. <laughs> me and Jared blew, we, we were, I mean, I put like this and get back on my sister. When me and Jared gets together, Brother Morgan's always a phone call away because we be doing some crazy stuff. I don't know, yesterday we were, we made, we were tripping breakers like crazy. I don't, I don't know what you, I don't know what you did. I don't know what you did. Then we blame it on Zach and we're good. Zach did it. We still don't know what we did. We still don't, Brother Morgan. We got everything on one switch, and we don't know how we did it. So the house is still standing. So, you know, that's the most important part. But we have people in our church that I can call to all the time, you know, just for advice. Or first of all, I can't. You know, I, I called Brother Claude the other day. I said, hey, honey, honey, I got a situation. He said, what is that? I said, I need a fire department at my house. <laughs> He said, for what? I said, a carbon dioxide are going off like crazy. I don't think it's really a carbon dioxide poison because my cat's still alive. The cat been dead if it was really. So when I saw the cat, I was thinking, well, it's got to be a false alarm because the cat's alive. She's like, what is that? Is that my cat's? No, baby, your cat's not dead. But if it was carbon dioxide poison, the cat would have been dead. It's pretty obvious. So the fire department, he said, well, I'm not. He, it was so loud where he was at. I don't know where he was at. It was loud. He said, just call the fire department. I said, all right. Fire department pulls up. I'm sharing this shot because there was a little fear factor here. So the fire department pulls up. Airport. Here comes Bo and Mitzi. They come running, boy. And I was it's okay. Let everybody know. But Bo was coming. He thought something was wrong. He fixed up. He's like, we can get stuff out quick. Bo was coming. And uh, everybody was looking at it. All it was was the alarms were going off. Austin walked up in there. And Austin took charge. Austin walked up in there. Then they said, we can't reach it. I yanked off the wall. Find out it's not supposed to be that high up. It's supposed to be lower to the ground. I got chewed out from that from the fire chief. I'm like, Ugh. 
not fire street, one of the sergeants. I said, oh, you know, he said, it needs to be lower to the ground. Now you've been educated. Then he tried to steal some fake roses. And he laughed and said, that's another story. But uh, <laughs> he thought Kim's road bush was real. And he started, he said, hey, man, I was going to steal one of the roses, but they're fake. I said, yeah. He was going to try to steal one. It was pretty funny. All right, back to my story. So fear factors happen. We're, we all have fear. We have, here a few months ago, my pastor said, hey, brother, you want to ride motorcycles? Be all cool like me? <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Clayton wrecked one. Uh-uh. <laughs> Clayton wrecked it. Clayton, man, Clayton, Clayton does a little more stuff. Clayton a little crazier than I am on certain things. I, I'll be honest with you. We crossed rivers together in a pickup truck one time. I thought we were both going to die. No fear in my life with Clayton. We got that river. He said, we got this. I said, bro, your truck is moving sideways. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Look, and it was moving sideways. And he just hammered it. And bad thing about it, we had no cell phone service. We're middle of nowhere. I don't even know what, con- what, what, what county we were in. Don't know what county we were in. We was in the middle of nowhere. And if something happened to us, no one would have found us. Yeah. Y'all were up in the cabin. Y'all was having yourselves a good time. We were about to drown. I've had some fear factors in my life, and I've overcome each fear, but I'm telling you, each person has a different fear, so it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. We all have fears. You have fears of, you know, making, like, I have a fear. One time my phone goes off, it says, no rupture school. I have a fear. You know what fear is? My wife. I really have a fear in that. When my phone goes off and says North Webster School, I have a fear. Because you know what's supposed to happen next? Brooke has a failing grade of an elf in math. And Kim calls me. I said, honey, I don't even think that stuff is even real. How can my daughter have, I said, we were getting five or six a day last year, and she graduated with A, B on a row. Explain that. So I don't really look at that no more. I just like, yeah, we'll look at it when a report card comes out. Then we can discipline her then. But other than that, I don't care about that message. Just Kim, Kim stays on it. She stays on her work. She stays on her, and make sure things done. But that's a fear factor. I have like, oh, man, here we go. But each one of us, we, we face different fears. I don't know. Every time, when, well, we get back to JB's prayer, but so when, every time that I got on that motorcycle with JB and Clayton, Brother Parker, Brother Parker went for it. Brother Parker, let me tell you about Brother Parker on the motorcycle. You better keep up. Ain't that right, Ron? You better keep up. Brother Parker, I'll leave you. He looked behind where you at. I caught up with him. He said, bro, you okay? I said, yeah, I'm good. He said, I'm just saying. I'm like, Brother Parker, I'm okay. But he was, he, we got, got in the line. We took off riding. I'm back here. I'm just cruising, okay? I'm trying my best to face my, I'm not, it wasn't the fact that I was scared to ride. The fear was people around me was my fear in this. I'm sharing all these fears, y'all, because I want, I want everybody to realize that, but this is because leadership in this church, we have fears. Because I don't want you to feel comfortable in doing stuff. I'm proud of Ryan. Ryan came to us about a few weeks, well, a few months ago. He said, hey, man, is there any way I can help y'all in a sound booth area? Yeah. You want to learn it? Let's do it. So I got a little break here once in a while. We got Zach, little man. There's people who, like, they want to learn stuff. So we're like, hey, we'll give y'all some, we'll give some breaks. We'll let people come in there. I have no problem sitting out here. No problem whatsoever. But stuff like that. So we, we get on these motorcycles. We're riding. We're riding good. The first day we rode, we, I spent almost two hours out here in the parking lot. Back and Bert Parker thought, Bert Parker told me that was torture, and they did it, they did it to me wrong. He told me a trip. He said, they did what to you? I said, yes, sir. He said, I bet you were tired for you even got on the bike. I said, well, I was wore out. JB made me back up here. Him and Clayton. Him and Clayton. You got it. Come on, a little farther. Then they made me back paddle from way up here all the way back. I said, I don't know if it's worth riding a motorcycle doing all this. 
So we get out there, we're riding, we're doing good. I have a trouble, I have problems turning left, I still do. So Burr Parker was telling me some pointers, and everybody was telling me some pointers. So we decided, but Burr Parker said, if we ever, there's a good reason to tell you the story, the fear factor for people around you. So Burr Parker calls me, he goes, hey, if you ever ride again, you better call me. Well, I'm going to tell you what, when Burr Parker says, you better call him. So I called him. I said, hey, brother, hey, we're going to ride Friday. He go, all right, let's do it. I said, we're going to start here, we're going to start, we're going to ride. He said, okay, I'm excited, let's do it. So we all meet up at Peekaboo parking lot. It took me forever to get there, but it was already waiting on me. I finally pulled They all look at me like, man, which way did you go? I said, I'm here. So we get there. Everybody starts to So Clayton says, I'm going to be this way. I'm going to be this way. Then it all got messed up. Ryan was like, I'm going to be here, here. So it all got messed up. Really got messed up. We got Ryan hooked on. Ryan went and bought a Harley. He said, I got me one now, guys. Picture, and he was ready to ride. He rides every day, though. So we get there, and we all line up. We take off. I said, where are we going? Burr Parker said, let's make a loop. I was thinking we are going to stay around Spring Hill. No, Burr Parker wants to take a loop from 157 all the way to Shawnee, all the way back down Highway 802, come all the way back to Spring Hill. That's what Burr Parker wanted to do. And then we cut off, went by his house, and he, he had some visits. Family had to take care of. He said, all right, here, guys, y'all, y'all good to go from here? So we went all the way back through his house and all that way. He said, hey, little brother, I would invite you to the house, but I don't think you can handle gravel. <laughs> well, thank you, brother. And he said, and you got to get a different helmet next time you ride. Oh, well, Clayton went on that ride. Clayton went on this ride. It was a different ride. So we rode one time with Clayton, but this ride, Clayton, I had Clayton's helmet. It was a spike helmet. And he said, that helmet is not you. Yes, sir. I get a different helmet. All right, have a good day. He took off. So we're coming back. And uh, during, on the way, I trip up there, and I, I kind of missed something on purpose because I'm trying to get, get you where you think about fear factor and being on a motorcycle, how fearful it can be. A white van comes flying up behind me. I see this white van. I go, I'm looking at that white van, and I'm very rear, and I was thinking, and all of a sudden the white van goes over a little bit, and I see the rims. I said, that's Christina Harris behind me. <laughs> now I'm really scared. <laughs> Whoo! I started, I started tightening. I said, here we go. Well, I go up. I was going by 60. Everybody said, Kim said, I'm going to tell you another story here, but I'm, I'm not rambling. I just want you to do some fear factors in my life. So I want each one of you to know we all get scared. So we're going, this white van comes behind me and gets closer to me, and I'm going, turn around me. But it comes around me, and I see all the kids go, hey. I say, yeah, that was them. And she goes around every, all the motorcycles. She gets up at the store. We're all, we all park at the store, and she shows up at the store. She's like, why you know Jason Rowe motorcycle? And everybody's sitting there laughing like, hey, you was only going about 45. I said, no, I was not. Then the nerve of my wife. So Sister Brittany called Kim. I said, hey, they were here working together. She goes, I can't get hold of JB because we were supposed to went to Bossier. So Jay, Brittany's thinking we don't went to Bozier in a storm or motorcycles. So her fear was that her husband got in a motorcycle accident or something because she couldn't get a hold of him. She, was, she was, couldn't get a hold of him. She calls Kim, and Kim goes, y'all don't laugh at this. We have a thing called 360 on our phone. Yeah, uh, Kim pulls 360 away. Well, he must be on a motorcycle. He's only going 45. <laughs> That's her. <sighs> My self-esteem dropped. And when she said, he must be on, he's only going 45, Brittany. He's got to be on a motorcycle. She goes, all right, they must went for a ride. Yeah, that was, that's how much she said, he's on a motorcycle, he's only going 45, because she knows I was in a car, I go way faster than that. So I want, I'm fixing to close now, but I want you to realize that fear is around us all the time, but we cannot keep ourselves in that fear. I was scared to death the first time I got on a motorcycle, and I'm still scared until I get on one. 
Every time I get on one, there's a fear of it because I don't know what's around me, what's going to happen. That day we rode, we were all over that day. And then we went to ate lunch, and I'm coming back, and JB opened the side hatch of the motorcycle and put his hat in there. Well, he got his hat out, but he never locked it back. So I'm going down the road, and I'm bouncing. These people are pointing at me. I'm thinking about, the, like, what's going on? And they was letting me know the hatch was open on the bike, and I'm sitting there trying to fix the hat, thinking, here we go. This is it. This is how I'm going to die, fixing the hatch. Because it's just the fear of it. Ryan, he has no fear when it comes to motorcycle. None. And none. Yeah, he scares me, too. We're riding down the road. Ryan's got no hands doing this with his phone. Hey, bro. Man, grab your steering wheel. Hey, bro. Then he gets beside me and goes, Hey, man. He's sitting there. I got cruise control. No, you got cruise death. That boy has no fear on a bike. I'm telling you, I'm about to get done here, but I want to understand you this. There's two people in this church that's put my life in a lot of fear. My brother-in-law and Ryan. Ryan made me tied to a tree recently on my truck. Yeah, his wife thought we were all going to die. Ryan said, and this is another fear of my life. I'm, I'm getting down, problem. He says, you, you got, he's, I told him, I said, I got faith. I'm going to be fine. God's going to take care of me. Ryan said, back your truck up. I go, look, dude. He says, we're going to tie this rope to this tree, and I need you to haul butt when I go to cutting on it. Well, I told a pickup truck, I, I should have brought my Chevrolet, really. I told a pickup truck, I did not know it was going, I did not know it was going to entitle what I was getting myself involved. I was just bringing a ladder. I did not know I was tied to a tree. So we get there, we tie this tree up. Portina, she's like, she's just like, y'all going to be, whew. Ryan's like, I got to take a break, man, I'm hot. So we take a break. We're getting all ready. So he's going to cut in this tree. We're going to pull it on the truck, and it's tight. I mean, it's barely moving this tree. Ryan says, I can't hear nothing he's saying. I open up, what? Because I was like, when it goes to going, you just keep going, going, going. I said, that's the plan, man. That is the plan. Well, I pull it. The tree went to come, and I guessed everything it had. And let me tell you what scares us, because early the tires just kind of spin. They didn't do nothing. I thought, well, if this tree crashes on top of this truck, I'm going to say the truck was out here and the tree fell on the truck and crushed it. I ain't got to say we cut the tree. It just fell on the truck. So we're sitting there. And I was a little thing, don't criminate yourself. But uh, we're sitting there, and I said, go. So I hammered it, and I took off. Oh, that tree was coming, y'all. I also was coming like this. Ron, go! Tina's like, she thought I was going to die. And that tree hit the ground, the whole back of my truck said, ooh. I thought, whoa, we're good, no damage. All right, Ryan, I got to go. <laughs> but that was a fear. I mean, you, have, you have different things in life that fears you. You know, and, and I'm really just getting done. But I, I want everybody to understand this because our leadership all has fear. Sister Daphne's got fears in her life that she's faced. But her JB's, uh, Sister Brittany, everybody has done it. has got fears in their life that's chased. You know, I was helping... Another reason I called Bert Morgan, I was helping Jared a few weeks ago on his air unit. I got electrocuted. Yeah. And uh, it actually solved the problem. It really did. It really did. So I got electrocuted. I was reaching that. And he said, well, I said, don't touch the two wires together on your sweaty arm. It does not feel so good. So I rewired his, re his area. I didn't know what I was doing. He knew I didn't know what I was doing. He, he didn't know what he was doing. We were just didn't know what we were doing. So we did, like I said, when we get these situations, we call Brother Morgan. So we move his air unit, the, the, the thermostat, to another location. 
We get done and we get, we're so proud of ourselves. I look at you and say, we got this, bro. Hey, man, didn't it supposed to come on? I go, yeah. I go, hmm. He looks at me and I said, don't ask me. I wired it like it was. Call Bar Morgan. And I got to get the right phone number because every time I call Bar Morgan, Sister Kathy answers. So I think I got her in here and said, Bar Morgan. So I called Bar Morgan. I said, hey, first I called her. She goes, here he is, honey. I get, Bar Morgan, I got a question for you. This is what happened. He said, I said, oh, by the way, I got electrocuted. Oh, I know the problem is then. If I did not say I got electrocuted, he'd never, he, he, wouldn't, he, went straight, he went straight to it when I said I got electrocuted. You blew a fuse. I ain't no things, half fuses. He said, open up, you're looking for a proper fuse. We went to uh, Bumper, no, O'Reilly's, and it had thermostat, it had thermos fuse. Like it was, it was the same one, everything went plug it in, came right on. And one more quick story, and I'm going to get away from y'all. Where fear in my life has happened. I've got more fear from this church than I ever had in my life. So my pastor calls him one day. He didn't know. Ryan calls me and says, hey, Brother JB's air went out. I thought, I got to go over there, man. He's got newborn. He can't, he can't stay no air. I got AC. I'm going to get air in this guy's house one way or another. So I take over there. I pull up. He said, who told you? I said, don't worry about who told me. Let's get this fixed. So we go work on his air unit. And Brother Morgan, I call him. <laughs> Brother Morgan says, stick your arm inside the fan and spin it. And had JB turn it on at the same time. Uh, and I, I got him on the phone. JB's not hearing this conversation. I go, it's for my pastor. If I lose an arm, it's for the pastor. It's for the pastor. It's for the pastor. Give me an extra crown. It's for the pastor. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to do this, Brother Morgan. He said, all right, you got it. I said, okay, I'm going to do it. You got it. So all right. So I tell JB, I said, JB, you got to listen to my instructions very well. Very well. And he was like, no, bro, no, don't do that. I said, you got to have air. Man, don't do that. I said, if you do what you're told, and I do what I'm told, we might survive this together. But Morgan, the supervisor, the, the guy knows what he's doing, told me to do this. He goes, all right, you sure? I said, I'll do it. Don't let me not snow, JB. Let me stick my arm in there. I got this. You got house insurance? <laughs> he said, all right, let's do it. So he gets over there. I said, when I do it, you kick it on. I'm scared to death, y'all, because it's not much room in that little room to spin that fan like Burborg want me to do. I stick my arm in there. I, do it, do it. Boom. Came on. I said, hallelujah. I still got my arm. But now I'm going to fast forward. I'm going to get down. So we found the problem was a, a uh, capacitor was the problem. If we thought it was a family or lucky, it was just a capacitor. So I went to Bro Morgan's house a couple days later, got a capacitor. Me and JB, two guys don't know what they're doing. And I still don't know how I did this. I take full responsibility for that. I still don't know how I did this. Still don't know how I did this. I ended up taking the capacitor off. I told JB we turn all power off. Took the capacitor. Brother Morgan said, gave me very good instructions. Take out a box, put two wires, don't no matter where. That's pretty simple. Who can mess that up? I can. So I take it out. I ain't no electrician. I'm no, I'm no, I take it out. I go to wiring it up, get everything done. I said, turn on, Bird JB. Boom. I said, oh, man. So we called Brother Morgan and said, it's going to be your fan motor then. I said, okay. So a couple days later, we, we, when we. Jumped and started again. JB, he did a couple of times. He's like, well, I just don't want to leave it running like that. We're at home. I said, I agree. I said, don't do that. So Burr Morgan says, I'll come over one day. So Burr Morgan comes over on a Saturday afternoon. Sunday afternoon, yeah, because I heard about Sunday night. <laughs> comes over on a Sunday afternoon. He goes, who, who put this in? Jason. At first, where I was, JB didn't say we did. No, he said, Jason. Oh. 
So she said, Jason. It wasn't like JB and Jason. It was just Jason. Well, he put the same one back in. I was so scared I was going to lose an arm. I put the same one back in. And I still don't know how I did that. And I said, no, there's no way, Brother Morgan. Brother Morgan said, yeah, one was a 10, one was a 12. I gave you a 12, that 10 was still in it. And you're right there. I put the same one back in. I said, what happened when you did it? He said, it worked just fine after that. I said, well, we all make mistakes. <laughs> I go on life. But that's my fear, people. We, like, I want to share that with you because I want to share you my testimony with fear and what, what I face with fear. You know, uh, I, my, when I lost my father-in-law, I lost a best friend. There's no doubt about that. <clears throat> uh, Tommy was very close to me, and that was a fear when he when he when they told me that uh, hospitals is involved, a fear came upon me that has never left, because that day it, it destroyed me, because me and Tommy were more than his son-in-law. He was more like my dad, and it was the fear of losing him cost me some marriage problems. You know, I wasn't able to really stand beside my wife like I wanted to because I was facing my own problems with my, losing my father-in-law. So. You know, fear can really mess you up and cost you a whole lot. It really can. It can cost you your marriage, your career, everything. But the Bible tells us in Isaiah 41 to fear not because he's with us. He's got us by the hand. And all we got to do is reach out and grab it. You know, so whatever your fear is, whatever you have a fear of, if, if it's public speaking, if it's whatever. You know, when I lost my front tooth, eating, eating a Southern Classics chicken, Fell tooth fell right out of my mouth. It was fate to start with. I lost it during baseball, but it fell out in my hand. My daughter cried. Both my daughters cried. I was terrified. My wife laughed. <laughs> and I thought the be able to speak in public was never going to happen to me again. Because, so I grew a beer. And that beer actually helped cover part of it. But then I got to looking at it. I'm a redneck. I'm just going to be honest with you. I am a redneck. I made my own fake tooth. Okay. They told me it's going to be $2,000 to pull my old tooth out and make me a, a fake tooth pop in. Now I said, oh, bro, no. $19.95 off Amazon. <laughs> I looked it up. I ordered all the denture stuff. I took a Dremel tool. I sized it in my mouth. Dremel, Dremel, Dremel. Sized it in my mouth. Dremel, Dremel. And people, they, they don't know. Like, you made your own tooth? And I got a backup, too, because I don't throw away one away already. So, yes, I made a tooth. And because I had so much fear, I couldn't speak in, speak in public no more with one tooth. Like, tooth missing. Like, my confidence left me, y'all. I'm telling you, I lost all confidence. I wouldn't, I told my wife, I'm not leaving the house. My confidence was gone. It was completely gone. But doing that little, this little bit of ingenuity brought that confidence back. So, whatever fear you got, whatever you think is too big or too small, God's got it. You got a fear of public speaking. You got a fear. I've seen my wife grow so much. My wife used to be really shy. No, no more. No, no more at all. I'm thankful for that. She got over that fear of talking to people. She talked to you all day long now, but she used to not talk a lot. Then sometimes that came a blessing and a, and a curse at the same time. But I've, she's grown out of that, was able to speak and be able to stand up for herself, and I love it. So whatever fear that you're facing, just let it go. You know, people are like, well, I don't, 
I don't want to start this new job. I'm afraid because I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. If God's opened a door and you feel it right in your heart, don't let the fear stop you. Don't. I'm telling you people because I've done it. I have done it more times than one. I here recently. I don't know. I got to do some soul searching because certain things have been pushing my buttons lately, and I've been finding myself getting a little angry about stuff. Now, JB said earlier. He said to not be angry to. Uh, more of a loving approach, not an anger approach. Is this what I do? Is it bringing glory to God or is it bringing dishonor to God? See, I listen to Brother JB more than people think. He might, he might not think I do, but I do. So I, I, sometimes I struggle with that. I struggle with that because part of me, I just, I like, we're going to grab somebody and just shake them. <laughs> but he says, lay hands. I can lay hands. They just may not be, you know, you know we can pray later. <laughs> I've been fighting myself with a lot of anger issues. So the fear of me is just trying to get back to where I need to be on certain certain things. So I'm going to pray with not If you're facing some fear, I don't care what it is, whatever fear it is, God got you. You know, if it's fear of this public speaking, if it's a fear of taking this, doing this, different things, is it fear? It may be a fear of letting your wife drive. Whatever. It may be a fear of letting your husband drive. You know, is it whatever. I won't drive to Shreveport with my mother-in-law, and I won't drive to Shreveport with my sister-in-law driving. Won't happen. Will not happen. Sorry, will not happen. I am terrified. I'll be holding everything. Terrified. Do what? I know, and I was terrified. Get, she's good once she gets on the interstate. It's getting on interstate. What scares me with her? Once she gets on, we're good. But when she, she don't look. You're supposed to move. I'm coming on. That, and my mother-in-law bleeds and just stopping. Oh, okay, we'll stop. So, yeah, I got some fear there. Please stand. I'll dismiss you. I want tonight just to be a little fun and understand that we all have fear and we all have fear problems and we all have been faced with different fears. But God's here to overcome our fears, to push through them if we choose to reach out for his hand, if we choose to accept the, accept the bill that he can give you to go overcome those fears. You know, one time if you can stay in that fear and never reach out, you'll never accomplish anything if you're afraid of everything in your life. Therefore, I'll be with us today, Lord, as we go our separate ways. Keep us all safe. Lord, be with each one. They go to work this week. If they come across something that 